Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Well, we go now to the Rankage Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in our good friend Mike Dugar from The Athletic. He covers the Seahawks for The Athletic, and the Seahawks boys and girls are going to be on here. Oh, in just about an hour from now, we'll have the game for you. Monday Nighter, 7-2 Seahawks on the road at the undefeated and uh, NFC West division-leading San Francisco 49ers, who are 8-0. Mike, this is a heck of a matchup. This, this is one of the matchups of the year, as it turns out now. I don't think a lot of people saw San Francisco be an unblemished halfway through the season, but also there, let's be honest, their strength of schedule isn't all that it could be. Nonetheless, a huge, huge game in the division. Two teams at the top of the division. Just give us the broad kind of 10,000-foot view on this matchup tonight on a Monday night. Uh, man, this is the best team the Seahawks are probably going to play all year because they didn't get uh, New Orleans with Drew Brees. I still think the Saints are the best team uh, in, the, in the league. I think their only loss is to the Rams when Drew broke his thumb. Right, and we yeah, have, in that game, about, right? Yeah, what we know about the Rams is that a healthy Drew, they probably beat up on the Rams that that day. So I still think the Saints are the best, the best team. Uh, but the Niners are right there, man. They've got, they've got what what uh, what the Seahawks would wish they would have. You know what they've had in the past. Such a scary pass defense, man. They just look, they make quarterbacks look so pedestrian. Uh, you know what they did to Kyle Allen, who was on a good streak there. Before, you know, looking like a, a rookie. I don't think he's a rookie, but looking like one uh, against them. You know, what they did to Jared Goff, if they held him under 100 yards passing. Like, say what you want about Goff. I don't think he's very good, but he almost hit the field for 400. <laughs> right? And he couldn't throw for 100 against uh, the Niners, man. Their pass defense is so scary, and their front four is everything Pete Carroll and Clint Hurt, the D-line coach of Seattle, would want. Well, I think four or five first-round picks on their front line, and they're just wreaking havoc. Nick Bosa's unfair. Uh, like, they just got so much talent there. That's, 
they're just so scary. And then on the other side of the ball is probably one of the best offenses in the league with Russell Wilson. Like it's a, usually when the Seahawks and Niners met, you guys remember in the past, it was like, it was like smash mouth football, Harbaugh and Pete Carroll trying to see who could establish the run first. Now it's just like Kyle Shanahan's got to establish the run thing going. And so does Pete, but only one of them has the monstrous defense to back up the ground and pound. The other guy, uh, just has a really handsome QB, and then Pete has the best quarterback in the league. So there's a lot going on here, and I'm, I'm just, I can't wait for it to get started, man. I, I love covering prime time games, man. It's just it's so so fun. A couple of things I want to ask you about. You just mentioned first of all, Nick Bosa. I mean, to me, is not only the front runner for defensive rookie of the year, but perhaps one of the front runners for defensive player of the year. I mean, the guy has made as big a splash in the league as any rookie I can remember, especially a. Uh, guy that plays in the trenches. So what's the scout? I mean, how, how does Seattle go about slowing them down, especially since they have had some injuries on the offensive line as of late? Um, A lot of it is just trust, too, though. You know, you don't want a, a guy to get you too much out of your plan. You know, I don't, I don't know what jersey number he wears, but when they come to the line, Russ has to know, okay, where is he at? Okay, he's there. Okay, let's just make everyone aware. You know, Joey Hunt lets everyone know. But you don't want to be scared of a guy, right? Like, that's the thing. You know, you trust Dwayne over there. Sometimes you're going to have to trust Jermaine over there against him. You know, maybe you, you send some help when you can, neutralize him in some big situations. If you get backed up third, 12, or something like that, make sure you have some time. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you want to avoid him if you can, you know, but you got to trust your guy. You know, you got, as much as I say what the, the San Francisco D-line is all first-round picks, I'm pretty sure Seattle's front line is all first-round picks as well, with the exception of Joey Hunt, who's a replacement for a second-round pick. Uh, so, I mean, you got talent up there, too. You just got to trust it, you know. And if you, if you can keep Russ clean, like I think the Cardinals did a really good job of it uh, on that Thursday night game. They kept Kyler Murray pretty clean, or at very least kept him away from Nick Bosa. Uh, if if you can kind of replicate that uh, and stay away from him in the in the pass game, then they should be fine. I will note uh, the dude in New England is probably the front runner for Defensive Player of the Year, though. He's a – I can't remember his first name. His last name is Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore. Yeah. yeah, that dude's a killer. And also, Sherm's having a good year, uh, too, actually. Really, really good year with the three picks, the lowest passer rating when targeted. Uh, but, yeah, then Nick Bosa's right right there. No, that that kid is – both the Bosa brothers are just, just – they're like the, the mean brothers from the Mighty Ducks movies. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about when it was the Bass brothers? Those dudes are just scary, man. I, w- I want to ask you about the other side, too. You mentioned the ground and pound. Everybody in the NFL now pretty much runs a, a two-back system, and they got multiple guys that are going to get carries in the scope of a game. But, you know, the 49ers, it's not only just a two-back system with Matt Breida and Tevin Coleman, but, I mean, Raheem Mostart and Jeff Wilson, they both get carries, too. I mean, it's literally a four-headed monster, and they are so dedicated to it. I mean, Garoppolo, we still don't know if Garoppolo's good or not because he hasn't had to be put in a position to win or or fail. Uh, so, I mean, how tough is that? I mean, how rare is that, the, the way that the 49ers run the ball like they do? Well, you know, it, it kind of it doesn't surprise me too much just because of where Kyle came from, right? Remember that, that 2016 Atlanta team had the two-back system with Freeman and Coleman when they went to the Super Bowl and just whiffed. Uh, but, you know, they did it because Devontae Freeman and Kevin Coleman were really, really good backs. They were the type of the backs that, like, in fantasy, we just started both. You know, because you knew they were going to run the ball so much and throw it to their backs so much they would get good usage out of them. So it doesn't surprise me that Kyle's brought that here, you know, and he brought one of the guys with him. <laughs> uh, and Tevin is kind of doing the same thing. You know, their tight end situation was good 
at the time, too. Like, Kyle is like a lot of smart coaches. You realize you don't just need a quarterback and, like, big, tall, fast receivers to throw to. No, man, you use every weapon that you can possibly get, you know, and they've got two really good backs. Uh, I used to cover uh, Idaho. Obviously, you guys know that when I was in the uh, up there in Idaho, and they were in the Sun Belt, and they used to play Georgia Southern, and that's where Matt Breida is from. Actually, so I was actually kind of surprised. Breida went undrafted. That kid's a baller, man. Uh, it's not just that the 49ers are dedicated to running the ball. They got good backs to do it. Like, Breida's a, Breida's a beast. Mike Dugard joining us. He covers the Seahawks for The Athletic. You can hear him on the Seahawks Man-to-Man podcast each week and follow him on Twitter at Mike Dugar, Mike, you, 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 when you talk about the defenses, uh, you know it, it's not really a comparison. The 49ers, one of the probably three best defenses in the league, and the Seahawks, okay, but still trying to figure it out. But I also feel like the inverse of that is exactly true when you talk about the quarterback spot. And, and as Coulter mentioned, the jury's still out on Garoppolo. The jury is in on Russell Wilson, and he is uh, one of, if not right now, the best quarterback in the NFL. How much of a wash is that? What do you talk about the great defense versus the great quarterback and then the sort of okay defense against the okay quarterback, although you just highlighted the run game? Uh, well, I don't think it's a full wash just because I think Russ is, is far, far, far better than, than Jimmy. I think he's much better than Jimmy than uh, the Niners defense is better than the, the Seahawks defense. Mm. Like The Seahawks defense isn't great. Like They're both kind of like average at the run, Niners and Seahawks. And then the pass rush is elite over in San Fran. It's non-existent. But, like, Russ is not only better, he's just more experienced, too. Like, you're not going to confuse Russell with anything. Like, he may, in a one individual play, he may get, like, tripped up by something. Marcus Peters got him on the pick six. Because Marcus Peters is an elite uh, cornerback. But for the most part, Russ has seen it all. He's been through it all. You know, there's no game that'll... You'll never see kind of Russ seeing ghosts like Sam Darnold was on Monday Night Football. Because Russ has seen everything. Like, Russ is went toe-to-toe with Belichick a few times, right? Like, and, and held his own both as a rookie and an older guy. And the reasons why he's so good is just, like, he's he's able to beat you deep. He protects the ball. He's elusive in the pocket. All those other things, you know. We still don't know if Jimmy G's good. I've actually only watched Jimmy G one time, and it was that Cardinals game. He threw for four touchdowns. I guess in my mind he's good. Because <laughs> I've only seen him, you know, be good. But I think the gap between those two is just, so crazy and it's at the most important position on the field so like if anything i still give the slight edge uh to seattle in that regard because like russ can legitimately put a game you know on his back you know he's done it with bad o-lines a run game no run game uh pro bowl receivers no pro bowl receivers you know russ has kind of done it in every way we got to see if jimmy g can do it uh mike the Seahawks are 7-2. The 49ers are 8-0. Seattle's played one more game because the Niners already had their bye. If if Seattle loses this game, though, they're two and a half games behind an undefeated 49er team in their own division. Now, recognizing they do play again in Seattle, how big a game is this tonight for Seattle? Man, oh, Well, man, it's so huge. This is basically your playoff seating right here. If you're Seattle, you win this, you're 8-2, you're you you know, you've already beaten the Niners in their building. You just have a, kind of that mental edge over them, you know, because the race for the wild cards would be so tough at 7-3. and three. Yep. You know, you're probably going to get two teams out of the NFC North. You're probably going to get, the. I would guess it would be the Vikings getting the other wild card. You probably only get one team out of the NFC East, probably just the division winner, which will probably be Dallas. But then you can't just, like, the Rams aren't just going to go away. 
You know, you probably only get one team out of the NFC South, and that's probably just going to be the Saints. But, yeah, basically it becomes you, the Rams, you know, and the and the Vikings uh, probably, and that's going to – you don't – you don't want that to come to that. I mean, you do play those teams again, so that's good. And you play both of them. I actually play the Rams at, uh, on the road, but uh, you really just don't want to be in that situation. And you don't want the it's it's mental though too. You know, if Sherm Sherm gets to the Seahawks head, like, hey, we own the Seahawks now. You know, like I've beaten them twice. You know, once with Nick Mullins. You just don't want that. You really don't. I mean, I do because I love the pettiness of Richard Sherman Revenge Week, uh, but you really can't. <laughs> You can't afford to lose this game because there's just too many, too many teams who could just come on the rise. You know, even Carolina could, you know, get going. Philly could figure it out. You know, that wild card battle gets gets real, real tricky if you're sitting at seven and three. You're still in a good spot. You know, most teams who start seven and three make the playoffs. Uh, but like, then how confident are people when you get in? Right, you sneak in at ten and six. Who's confident you go to Dallas and win? You know, it could be a first round exit like last year. If you do that, who's confident you go to New Orleans and win? You know, right. who's confident you go back to San Fran and win. So it's not only for playoff seeding, it's also for just the confidence meter. Like, if you can't beat, if you look bad in this game, maybe if you lose, it doesn't matter. But if you look bad in this game, too, it's like, oh, well, the season season's over, right? That's, you know, no one wants to feel like that, you know, in the second week of November. Well, you, you highlighted how big a game this is. Now tell us what's going to happen. The 49ers, a home undefeated six-point favorite against Seattle. Uh, but again, their resume isn't as good as it is, but the eye test can show you everything you need to know. It's a really good football team, and Seattle's a good football team as well. Huge game on Monday night. Who you got? I think I'm going to take the Niners. I'm going to take the team uh, with the with the better defense. Uh, you know, I've it's tough to pick against the Seahawks and Russell Wilson because they've just been so, so good offensively. The problem is I really just don't don't trust the Seahawks defense when it comes down to it. You know, it's still I think I think George right now is a is a game time decision, Kittle that is. You know, he makes a big difference because the coverage in Seattle has just been so bad. Like it might not even matter if Jimmy G's good. Like we know Matt Schaub isn't. He threw for four sixty. We know Andy Dalton's not good, he threw for four eighteen. You know, Jared Goff's probably not good. He threw for 395. So, uh, you know, if Jimmy G's just all right, he'll be able to move the ball with his tight end and his receiver, you know, Emmanuel Sanders against his defense. Even if it stays close because Russ is uh, magnificent, uh, I'll go, let's see. They're going to cover, you know, because they do. I'll say 23-21 San Francisco. Monday Night Football coming up at the top of the hour right here on ESPN Radio. Right after the show, we'll send you down to Levi's Stadium for the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. Mike, certainly appreciate you being on with us as always, especially on a Monday. Enjoy the game. I'm pumped up to have you down there. We'll look forward to hearing what it's like there in Levi's Stadium and what promises to be a great game. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me as always. Yeah, I can't wait for this one. It's going to be fun. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup. 
for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Culture Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Sports Center. The playoff picture is becoming more clear in the Treasure State and around the Big Sky Conference after the Grizzlies and Bobcats each won in convincing fashion over the weekend. Montana used yet another second-half surge and a spark provided by the return of quarterback Dalton Sneed to dispatch of rival Idaho and win the battle for the Little Brown Stein. Montana State, meanwhile, piled up the third-most rushing yards in program history and the decimation of Northern Colorado in Greeley. Grizz moved to 8-2 and two this season by beating Idaho for the second straight year, 42-17 this time around. That win, combined with last season's 46-27 victory, gives UM the largest two-year margin in the battle for the Little Brown Stein since 1963. The host Grizz turned the ball over three times in the first half, falling behind 10-0. But Sneed came back in the game, threw a bunch to Samari Torre. Nine catches, 129 yards, and a touchdown. Marcus Knight scored three touchdowns on the ground. Nick Osmo scored two more touchdowns. Montana ended the game on a 42-7 run. In Greeley, Montana State gashed Northern Colorado on the ground, rushing for 451 yards, the third most in MSU history, on their way to a 45-14 win. Logan Jones finished with a game-high 122 yards and a touchdown as 11 different Bobcats registered rushes. Even middle linebacker Callahan O'Reilly got in the mix, taking a fake punt 73 yards for a touchdown. The Bobcats are now 7-3 on the season. They have a matchup with UC Davis coming up this weekend. teams in the top 10 in the nation. How about that? Weber State at 3, Montana at 5, Sacramento State at 6, and Montana State jumping back up into the top 10 at 10. Moving up two spots from 12. It's 2Tel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris 2904 West Broadway in Missoula. Make sure you go there on Saturday, December 7th, the 7th of December, for their Seventh annual snow day, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., the biggest sale of the year, one day only at Kurtz Polaris. Want to remind everybody about social media. You know I love social media. It's my favorite thing. At 1029 ESPN on Twitter, at 1029 ESPN on Instagram, at Gus Tutel on Twitter, and at Skyline Sports MT on Twitter. We got tickets for you. Top five matchup in the FCS the Montana Grizzlies, number five in the nation, hosting Weber State, number three in the nation, on Saturday from Washington Grizzly. This is the game of the year in the country happening this Saturday at Montana. We got tickets for you. We're going to give them away on Instagram and Twitter, okay? I guess on Twitter primarily. What we want you to do is tweet us your best Grizz picks of the year, 
Okay, we're going to put that out there. We'll collect them, and then on Thursday, we will vote on them. We will pick the top four, and then we will let you vote on the best one, and that will be your winner for Grizz tickets to uh, the Weber State Wildcats. So we'll we'll give you the details on that and put it out on social media here soon. But want to let you know that uh, we got tickets for you, and uh, you want to go follow on Twitter and Instagram at 1029ESPN. Colter, it's time for our prep extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmer's State Bank. Farmer's State Bank, your Montana. Montana Bank since 1907, and we are in to the semifinals coming out of a quarterfinal round of football across the state, the Montana State High School football playoffs. Colter, let's start with double A, and uh, it went chalk. The top four seeds are all winners and into the semifinals. Number one, Butte. Number two, Sentinel, both, both hosting games this weekend. A little bit ugly for the Sentinel Spartans. Uh, even they were quoted as saying, uh, one of their players was quoted as saying it wasn't pretty, but Missoula Sentinel moves on into the semifinals for the second time in three years. So that is... 24-14 win over Billing Sr., by the way. That's a tremendous resurrection of the Sentinel football program by Dane Oliver. There was a moment in time where Sentinel had lost, I think, more consecutive games than any high school program in the country. They tore it down and started running the spread offense out of the shotgun. When I was in high school, a lot more, a lot more early, a lot earlier than a lot of teams in Montana high school football, and they got themselves a couple wins here and there, but still nothing to write home about. And they were on a playoff drought for a really, really, really long time. But now they're one step away from a state championship game appearance, and they have not played in the state championship since 1984. They have not won a state championship since 1972. And the biggest difference here is that a couple years ago when they were in the semifinals, they snuck into the playoffs as the seventh seed. They needed to win late, and that was when it was an eight-team bracket. And then they got Missoula Big Sky in a de facto dual home game. The Eagles were right. the two-seed, and the Spartans were a seven-seed. And Levi Janicaro, the great quarterback for Big Sky, now plays for the Montana Grizzlies, he was banged up. And when Elias DeWaters and Ryland Orton, those boys were uh, only juniors, they upset Big Sky. Yeah, I was at that game. It was a great game. First day of snow, I think, of the year and cool night. And uh, yeah. Sentinel Sentinel playing with very little to no pressure. And Big Sky, you could feel, had that yeah. tension. And without Janet Carroll there, we yeah. just did, did it. And Elias DeWaters had a huge game that yes, game, did. too. And he plays for the Grizzlies now, too. But I think that with Elias DeWaters and Jace, Walt, who bo- Jace DeWalt, who both play for the Grizz now, and Rylan Ort, who now plays for the Bobcats, those guys pulling off that win as juniors, he thought huge things for Sentinel last year. And Sentinel lost five games by three points or three, less. Three, over four time. points. Yes. I mean, they had like a combined, their combined losses were something like 23 or 24 total points. It was unbelievable. They lost on field goals at the buzzer twice. How's that happen? And they yeah. lost on a field goal at the buzzer this year, too. They did. As a high school team in Montana, lose on field goals at the buzzer three times in two years. That in itself is a complete anomaly. But. Gotta give Sentinel a ton of credit for bouncing back from the disappointments of last year. They they parlayed the the massive success they had in track. They won their first state track championship in in generations in the spring, and that winning attitude has carried on into the fall. I think the addition of Jackson Lee uh, from Flint Creek has been next level. I mean, Jackson Lee is the best player in Class AA this year. He is an outstanding, outstanding talent and that has been huge for Sentinel but they're also just playing lights out defense man uh, they they have really held teams down I think Dayton Bay the quarterback has been 
a pleasant surprise as a junior. He's been incredibly accurate. He's taken care of the ball well. And that's the thing. Sentinel always had athletes, and they could always score points. They never had any toughness on defense. Now they're really tough on defense. I think that's a credit to Kalen Anderson, the defensive coordinator, who we've had on this show multiple times. He's also a great track coach. And Dane Oliver for sort of rewriting the culture there. So it's a big deal that Missoula is hosting a semifinal game. I was going through the... I mean, even when there's been good Big Sky and in recent years, Sentinel teams, the only times that the playoff games have ever been in Missoula has either been when it's been in the first round. The Missoula teams, then if they do win and get to the semis, then they always have to go on the road. And there has not been a Missoula team that's played for a state championship this century. In the 21st century, there's not been a Missoula team that's gone to a Class AA state title game, which is an amazing thing within itself. But now, Sentinel, they have an advantageous draw. It's not going to be easy by any means against Bozeman, but they're at they're on their home field, right. and that, it, it, that's huge for 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 the Spartans. The uh, Spartans, as as you mentioned, playing Bozeman. Bozeman, a seventeen seven winner uh, over Helena High in a low scoring affair in Bozeman last Friday. This game Friday night seven p.m. at <clears throat> Missoula County Stadium. The Spartans and Bozeman. The other half of the bracket, Butte hung up fifty one on Kalispell Glacier, and the number one seed moves on there after a bye week. So they uh, got rolling in their postseason with ease, and then Billings West. The four five game, you think it's going to be close? Wasn't that close? Forty eight twenty seven. That was the three six game, actually. The Bozeman Hell of a High game was the four five game. Okay, okay, okay. So the but in any case, Billings West beating Hell in a Capital forty eight twenty seven, and now Butte will play Billings West uh, in uh, obviously in Butte, yeah. and Sentinel will play Bozeman. And I will say, uh, if th- these two teams, by the way, these two matchups, this will be the first time this season neither of these two teams have played each other. Uh, playoffs, anything can happen. But Butte Sentinel was probably the game of the year in yep. Class AA. That was the game that you referenced before. Butte kicked uh, a field goal at the buzzer to win, I believe, 39 37 was the final. 39 36, yep. 39 36, okay. And uh, a, a great, great football game uh, there. And if it was to come to it, how uh, how great a championship, state championship, could it be at AA? In Class A, uh, one, oh, one more thing. Just the Billings West Butte Central game, I think I'd probably put the over under about 75. Okay, because these yes. two teams, these two teams have enlightened it up. I mean, Josh Erbacher threw for 405 yards and four touchdowns on Saturday for Billings West. They are the um, defending state champions. The Billings West Bears are, and they have a lot of the key members of that team back. But Tommy Malott and the Butte Bulldogs have been lighting it up as well. Here's a name for you: Taco Dowler, one of Billings West's receivers. Love it. He had two catches for 129 yards and two touchdowns. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't get much longer than that, huh? Yeah, no. And then Zach Talman also had three catches for 121 yards, and Neil Daly had six catches for 104 yards. So they had three 100 yard receivers in high school football in Montana. That's amazing. Uh, but the, the Butte Billings West game is going to be a war. So is the Bozeman uh, Missoula Sentinel game. So uh, Glass Subway playoffs have, have been entertaining already. And uh, now we have, in my mind, Absolutely, the four best teams. Three losses yeah. between the four of them. We haven't seen either of these matchups yet this year with the expanded state schedule. Right. So this will be this will be fun to watch on Friday night. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. 
Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. It went very chalk in Class A as well, and now it gets down to brass tacks. Uh, Hamilton beat Billing Central in a rematch of last year's state championship game, which Butte Central won. This year in the quarterfinals, Hamilton getting a, a measure of revenge, 34-17 the win there. They move on to play Miles City. Miles City hammered Frenchtown 40-3, to and this is, this is where the regular season comes into it because Hamilton lost to Dillon by one point. Dillon became the number one seed in the West, Hamilton the number two seed. As a result, Hamilton has to go the 400 and whatever miles it is to Mile City to play there, whereas Dillon, as they they uh, punch their ticket through, they get to host Laurel. And, and how, how big a deal is that? I mean, that's a huge deal to have a 10-hour drive or whatever it is, nine-hour drive out there ahead of you to get over to Miles City to play a football game as opposed to being able to stay, you know, down the Bitterroot Valley and uh, and let Laurel or whoever it might be come to you. But Miles City, a very, very good football team. And this is, I mean, to me, this is your state championship game. I think the winner of the Hamilton-Miles City uh, uh, game is going to be the favorite in the state championship uh, a week later. So that's Hard a to huge, overlook huge Dillon, game. though, with their tradition and the fact that they already beat Hamilton this year. Dillon did win 47-7 convincingly over the four seed in the East Haver last weekend, and uh, Libby got blanked by Laurel. How about Laurel? 50 to nothing uh, over over uh, them. So Laurel, by the way, heading to Dillon to play Beaverhead County. Uh, in the other semifinal game, Class A. There's a gentleman that runs a Twitter account called Red Mule Sports. I don't know his name. He does not have his name on his Twitter, but I give him credit. He has some of the most well-researched and unbelievable Class A stats. I'm actually going to try to track this guy down to get him on our show. I, I've heard from some people, some of our colleagues, that he's a former sports writer. He used to work for the Miles City Star. But he has just this unbelievably extensive knowledge. This whole Twitter account is all about Class A high school football. That's it. But his stats are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're so entertaining and fun. But here's a great stat for you just to put a bow on Frenchtown's season. Jace Kluswich, who's a junior at Frenchtown, he's certainly one of the best college prospects in the state and definitely one of the best individual players in the state of Montana, all classes. And he has now scored 60 total touchdowns in his high school career already, which is an amazing number. But he has only been held without a touchdown four times in 32 career games. Wow. He already has 29 receiving, or excuse me, 29 rushing, 24 receiving, one kick, three punt, and four pick sixes. The guy's doing it all over the place. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. But that's a great that step. But that's a great step, yeah. right? He, the only four games he's never scored touchdowns in were Dylan Hamilton and Billing Central two years ago when he was a freshman. And then Miles City this year. This kid scored at least one touchdown every single game of the season this year for Frenchtown until the quarterfinals of the playoffs. So congratulations to Frenchtown because that's a big bounce back year for them. Frenchtown was the dynasty of all dynasties in Class B. Tim Roscoe won 250 games 
during his career at Frenchtown, they were the triple option wizards. Just, they would they could beat anybody. And when they moved up to Class A, it was a hard transition for them. They had a hard time hanging in the Southwestern A with schools like Dillon and Hamilton. So that's a huge breakthrough for Frenchtown to get in the in the playoffs. So uh, good for the Bronx. It's it's good to have them back in the mix. And it'll be interesting to see because you know, I mean, Hamilton has marched to the state championship game two years in a row. They've gone undefeated to get to the state championship game two years in a row, and they've lost in the state championship game two years in a row. They just avenged that loss with a beating Billing Central on Saturday. Their one loss this year, their first regular season loss in, hello, three years was to Dillon Dillon by one point. Yeah. And to make it even more sweet, Hamilton's coached by Bryce Carver. Who's from where? Dillon, Montana. Dillon, Montana. Bryce right. Carver will join us later on this week on Two Tell Nuanas. Yep. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We'll have a little preview for you of uh, the Miles City trek that Hamilton has to make. But uh, interesting matchups potentially. I think a Dillon Hamilton state championship game would be it'd be pretty great, pretty darn fun. Uh, in Class B. North, South, East, West, all the one seeds moving on in Class B. Augusta, uh, Fairfield Augusta beat Florence. Florence had a great season this year. They ended up being the number two seed out of the West, even above uh, Loyola, who's kind of been the traditional power there. Uh, Florence, though, falling in the semi or excuse me, in the quarterfinals last week, fifty-five to twenty. Fairfield Augusta is going to play Manhattan Christian because Manhattan Christian basically did what they did to Loyola the first time they played them again, twenty-six-seven, the final of that football game. So both Loyola and Florence seasons come to an end. It'll be Augusta versus Manhattan Christian in the bottom of the bracket. Uh, Eureka beat Columbus 69-30 to to move on. Number one seed in the West there, Eureka. And they will take on uh, Red Lodge. Red Lodge getting, uh, having, a, having a nice defensive day, uh, 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 scoring 35 and holding Malta to six points in that quarterfinal. So it's, uh, again, all the top teams, all there, all the one seeds in Class B. It's an epic season for Red Lodge because Red Lodge is the outlier amongst those teams you just named. I mean, Manhattan and Eureka, they, they've been really good over the years, but this is the first time that Red Lodge made the semifinals in 25 years, so that's a huge deal uh, for a tiny little town like that. So uh, th- that's what's cool about this time of year, because you do have the traditional powers, no doubt, and those seem to continue to rise. But when you have sort of the Cinderella stories, too, like Red Lodge, I think that that's uh, it's fun for people to fall. Uh, in Class C, we'll get to this just quickly. Fairview and Fort Benton playing in the one semifinal that uh, game in Fairview in eight-man uh, Class C football. And Superior, who has outstanding uh, this season, they're the one seed in the West. Uh, they beat Belt forty-six thirty-four. Belt, you know, always a very very good uh, uh, athletic department football team there in Belt. They will play Great Falls Central, uh, who is the two seed from the North in the other semifinal. And in Class C, eight-man Westbury Granora versus We. That's the three versus the two in the East. The East very strong in uh, Class C six man, and then the number one team in the East, Jordan Garfield County. They play Big Sandy. Big Sandy on the map, who's the number one team from the North. So three Eastern teams in uh, Class C six man, and uh, and one team from the uh, from the North, the number one seed, Big Sandy. So there Co- you go. A couple notes from eight man, uh, eight man Fairview's been number one all year long, and they look like they're going to do that again. I mean, they beat Thompson Falls sixty six to six. Strong. 
<laughs> they scored six rushing touchdowns in the first quarter. I don't even know how that's possible with the amount of time that's allowed in the first quarter, but a great effort by Fairview. And then the, the six-man, I mean, Weebo was an eight-man power forever. It's yes. too bad they had to move down to six-man. It's too bad that, that all, a lot of these eastern Montana towns are having dwindling population, but that's just kind of the way well, the Weebo's still there doing it with the six-man. They do, for sure. And Westbury Ganora is fascinating because West, Westbury Ganora is actually a co-op. It's the only school in the state that has co-op with the team that's not in the state. Westby is in the upper right-hand corner of Montana, and Granora is actually over the North Dakota border. North Florida. Dakota, yeah, that's so right. They they uh, have they've played for multiple state championships in both basketball and football in the last couple of years, but they haven't actually won one. But it'll be an interesting way to spin it if you have you know, one or two North Dakotans playing for the Montana <laughs> State the Montana State champions. Yes, it will. Uh, there you go. That is our Farmers State Bank. Prep extra segment. Hey, Farmer State Bank, put away the pumpkins and corn stalks. It's time for Christmas, is it? We're getting there. A holiday loan from Farmer State Bank can make Christmas to remember. Low payments, easy terms, OAC. Get yourself a low interest payment, a low interest loan from Farmer State Bank. Have a wonderful Christmas season. Take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get you set. Seahawks, Niners, Monday Night Football right after this. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Coulter, the Seahawks are a six-point underdog at the Niners. We find out now that uh, George Kittle will not be available for this game for San Francisco, which is a significant loss, although Kittle, who I love, by the way, Kittle is one of my favorite players in the NFL. I think he's a great player, and he's an even better personality. Uh, he uh, has not been as great this year as he was uh, a year ago. And in any case, this 49ers, how do they get it done defensively? I mean, period, end of story. They got they have a top three defense in the NFL. Um, by a lot of metrics, they have the best defense in the NFL, though. Nobody's going to push me off of my New England Patriots uh, defensive perch. Not right now, especially with the schedule they play. That said, this is probably the best team that both of these teams have played to this point. And I'm still not sure that either one of them, they're both good. I guess I'm misstating when I'm saying that I don't think that they're good. I do think both these teams are good. I'm just not sure if they're elite good. Because, I mean, in the NFL, to make the playoffs, you got to be pretty close to elite. And to win a playoff game, you have to be elite, straight up. And I just don't know if either of these teams are quite there yet. Here's the thing, man. Would you pick either of these things against either of these teams against 
the New Orleans Saints in a playoff situation. Not after what I saw last. Well, uh, last night or yesterday, the Saints looked terrible. It was weird, right? It was. It was actually weird. Yeah. Yeah, it was funky. It was uh, one of those ones, though, where Alvin Kamara's out and Drew Brees is just coming back from an injury. And Kamara wasn't out, right? He came back. He has been out, though, yeah, and, they, yeah. and they used him sparingly. It wasn't yeah. the 25-touch Alvin Kamara. It was the, like, 11- or 12-touch Alvin Kamara. I guess here's my point. Carolina, Tampa Bay, Atlanta? No. Okay. Yeah. Washington, the New York Giants? No. Nope. The Philadelphia Eagles? Nope. Okay. Definitely not. So the only teams that you're talking about competing with either the Seahawks or the 49ers in the entire conference are the Saints, the Packers, and the Vikings, and perhaps the Cowboys. Yep. Either of these teams, in fact, both of these teams could and very well, I think, have a better likelihood than not to win a playoff game this season. I really think that. I mean, part of it is because the the, the road isn't all that hard. That the, the the entire perception of that division is really suffering because the Rams aren't good. I know. I mean, the Rams are five and four, but right, the Rams. Something's Cooper Cup didn't have a catch against the Steelers. Oh, trust me, I know. He's my best friend and my best fantasy player, and he did not score for me yesterday. I was very disappointed in him or me. Uh, but in any case, yeah. I mean, it, that that's weird. But here's the thing: I don't think the Rams have to be good. I mean, I think that the. NFC West is the second best division behind the NFC North in the NFC. Sure. And so, and these two teams are playing for it. As you heard Mike Dugar say, though, and I agree with him, this is this is a monster game for Seattle because if they lose it, they're now a head-to-head matchup and two and a half games behind the San Francisco 49ers w- past now the halfway point of the NFL season. I mean, that's a huge amount of ground to make up. And whoever San Francisco, you know, has played or doesn't play or whatever, I know you get another head-to-head so you could get that back in Seattle potentially, but they're already a game and a half behind. It's just what it is. And, you know, if they, you know, obviously if San Francisco wins on a bye, it's always weird when they haven't played the same number of games in the NFL. But the San Francisco... 49ers, they're going to play the Cardinals, then the Packers, Ravens, and Saints. That is a three-game stretch where we're going to learn everything we need to know about the San Francisco 49ers when they go Packers, Ravens, Saints in in three consecutive weeks. <coughs> but that said, they got, like I mentioned, the Cardinals. They got the Rams, who are really, really struggling. They got the Falcons on their schedule before they finish the season in Seattle. So... You just can't look. It doesn't matter who it is. doesn't matter why. If you end up at any point in a season three games behind the division leader to think you're going to win the division, even with a head-to-head on the line on the last game of the season, it's, it's, it doesn't happen much, okay? It just doesn't happen much. And this is the game. But here's the other thing that's odd about it. If Seattle wins this game, even though they're still a half game behind, I put them in the driver's seat to win the division because of the stretch that the 49ers still have to go on and because of that that uh, uh, you know wild card, that ace in the hole of playing a home game against this very team on the last game of the season, which you know CenturyLink will be losing their minds for. I've been in CenturyLink on a game that was the last game of the season that got flexed out because it was a playoff game, because it was the worst conf- or worst division in the history of football to seven win teams trying to slug it out for a playoff burst. And guess what? Guess who won that game? The 12th man. Yeah. That's who won that football game, okay? And so I got whatever you want to put on the Seahawks winning if it comes to that 
on weeks in week 17. But to get to there, tonight it is. And this is going to be a really fun game. I'm pumped up about this game. The The total on this, 47 points, I got the under on this. I think this is a low-scoring football game. Are the Bucks good? No. Are the Bengals good? I mean, what? Are the Steelers good? No. Are the Browns good? No. Are the Rams good? They're okay. Redskins? Come on. Why, why Panthers? No, no. Cardinals? No. Those are the Niners' eight wins. Right. Uh, no, I, I, I'm no, just no, I'm no, just I, saying that this is a huge game in terms of litmus test. I'm actually really interested in this game because, like I said, I just it's not that I don't think that they could be good. I think the Niners have actually built their identity way different than I thought they were going to build it under Kyle Shanahan. They've built it on defense with great offensive linemen. They have four, they're the only team in the league that plays four running backs. That's because and Kyle Shanahan's not the one building it. John, John Lynch, Lynch is the John one Lynch building is. it. Absolutely. I mean, they're doing it together. To make no mistake, they're 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 hand in glove on this. But John Lynch is the is the is the is the smart guy. Where is he? Is he Stanford? Where was his? I mean, he's, Stanford. Yep. Yes, yeah, got it. He's out there. Right. He's yeah. he's got it figured out. And when you look at the Seahawks schedule, they've beat as well. The they have a bunch of common opponents. But yep. They beat the yep. Bengals, the the Steelers. They lost. The only two good teams. That the Seahawks have played, they've lost to, have been the the Ravens and the Saints, That's right? And That's so right. I just think it's a really good litmus test. I I don't think the Seahawks are very good on defense. They 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 can get by, but they get gashed and they give up a lot of points. And that's a far cry from what Pete Carroll is used to during his long run of success no as the head coach. Uh, but I do think that the Niners are such a great example of the salary cap era way that you build a team that can win. Early in the process, they've done such a good job of drafting on defense. They got their franchise guy, Nick Bosa. He's the one that's turned the corner. But even the last two years, watching the Niners, like when Jimmy G got hurt, they were still in games with C.J. Bethard and Nick Mullins because they had they got dudes on defense. Yeah, yeah. and I think that that gets you a long ways. I do think the Niners are are good on D, and I do think they have a good offensive line. I think that gets you a long ways. This game is going to be very revealing to me tonight. I'm going to have a definitive opinion I about agree. these teams after watching this game. I agree. And the other thing, too, man, is like you, we can go through the schedule, and they have been soft schedules for really for both teams, okay? No argument. It's still the NFL, and it's still a, a game where, you know, if you're winning by more than one score, you are dominating. San Francisco beat Carolina two weeks ago 51-13. to 13. I mean, it's insane. Then they only, quote, only got a three-point win against Carolina or against the Cardinals. But you know what you need to be to be a great team? You need to be better than all the bad teams. And you know what? They have not even come. They haven't. I mean, I wouldn't say they haven't stiff. They've played some close games, but they're perfect. They're eight and zero. I mean, even good teams lose to bad teams sometimes. Saints to the Falcons. So if you are eight and zero, you are good, and you are on your way to very, very good. Here's the thing. You want to look at the New England Patriots schedule? Everybody talking about, oh, Patriots oh, penciled into the Super Bowl. They, they played as easy a schedule as anybody, including the Niners, but everybody's incredulous to the Niners because they haven't done it yet. It's not Belichick and Brady sitting back there. You know, that's it. That's my hesitation is that I do believe that Russell Wilson can go win a couple playoff games because sure. he's done it. Sure. The, the Niners could straight up go 14 and 2 and lose in the first round of the playoffs. No, no doubt. No doubt. They could, uh, but if they go fourteen and two, they will be winning in the. They will be losing in the second round of the playoffs. It's, as good, it were. it's a good point. Um, all right, uh, Coulter. Quickly, those six points. The over under on this. I, I'm taking Seattle. Six points. Six points to spread. Six points to spread. Excuse me. Forty seven the total. I'm <laughs> going to say I'll take the over if the <laughs> over under six. The, the defense are good, but they're not that good. 
I got I got Seattle covering six though. I think six is too too big a number on a low scoring game. But tell me this: Who do you think is going to actually win the football game tonight? Sherman against his old team and all the defense that the Niners are playing. The Niners have a definitively better defense than what Seattle has. But see, and and the Niners, the Niners and Seahawks run games have been very equal, which is a great compliment to the Niners because they uh, the, the the Seahawks. I mean, they were the number one rushing team in in the NFL last season. So I think they're pretty equitable that way. But the defense of the Niners is much better at stopping the rush than is the Seahawks. But you know, number three is that that sort of wild card in there, and so I I I, I love. I love Russell Wilson in this spot. I think Russell Wilson loves this spot. By the way, uh, this uh, from uh, at Adam Schefter, this is the first of four consecutive primetime games for the Seahawks. They go Monday night football, Sunday night football, Monday night again, and then eat, was it a Thursday? I don't know what it is, but they're on on another primetime game, four straight weeks. That's pretty good. Boys and girls, enjoy Monday Night Football. We send you out to Levi's Stadium right now. Steve Rabel on the call for you. The Seattle Seahawks hosting, uh, excuse me, on the road at the uh, San Francisco 49ers in the game of the week and one of the games of the year. I'm pumped up about this. I'm excited to sit back and open up some Brussels sprouts and watch this one happen. (laughs) Oh, man, you and Brussels sprouts. We'll see. But this could be a good game. Hi there. It's Les Schwab Tires. Well, more like Les Schwab alignment and brakes and shocks and wheels and... Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.